0: Well, welcome back, everyone, to Tip of the Spear. Today we are joined by Missoula County's very own clerk and recorder and treasurer, Tyler Grenant. Also, as usual, we have a complement of Missoula County commissioners here. I'm Dave Strohmeyer. I'm joined by Commissioner Juanita Vero. Commissioner Josh Slotnick is not able to make us today. But Tyler is one of 11 elected officials here in Missoula County government and clearly wears multiple hats by being the clerk and recorder and also the treasurer. Juanita, do you want to kick things off here?
1: Yeah, Tyler, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, like Dave was saying, you wear multiple hats, so can you give us an overview of your office and the different services your folks provide?
2: For sure, and thank you for having me uh, today. I So technically speaking, our office is consolidated, uh, four different offices consolidated within one we go by clerk and treasurer, but we're technically the clerk and recorder, the treasurer, the surveyor, and the assessor. Um, all of those offices consolidated into one. Uh, of course, a lot of that is services that the public doesn't generally see. So in terms of what the the public would generally see us doing, there's four main services that our office provides. Probably the most obvious one, I would say, is... Uh, Uh, titling your motor vehicles. So if you need plates for a car, our office is where you're going to come to get those. And um, we don't do driver's services. So if you need a driver's license, the State Department of Justice does that out on Palmer Street. But if you need plates or to renew your registration, our office is where you come. The second um, major service that we provide is, of course, what we're here to talk about today, which is property taxes. Uh, We obviously don't, we don't set the tax rates or Um, you know do any of the budgeting or any of that kind of stuff but we are the office where all of the taxing jurisdictions submit their tax data we put them all onto one consolidated tax bill for local governments and local taxing jurisdictions we send those out collect the taxes and then disperse the tax money so that your local governments can function Uh, the third service that our office does is basically what i would call land transaction records So any subdivisions, condos, townhomes, if you buy or sell a house or a property of, real property of any kind really, you're gonna record that in our office. Um, And because we're the last step in the subdivision process, we're also responsible for making sure that all the steps prior to recording that subdivision have actually been met. So we have to check that every sort of agency that has a hand in subdivisions has done their parts and has approved the subdivision. And also, of course, if you want to, you know, record the deed to your house, we're where you do it. And that's what puts on record that you actually own the house, which makes it possible for you to get a mortgage. Um, So it's a very, very important function of our office. And then the last one is what we call vital records. And vital records are what you would think of as a birth certificate or a death certificate. And so we can issue birth and death records for any, any birth or death that happened in the state of Montana, but we're responsible for maintaining the records for all of the births and deaths in Missoula County. So those are the four main services offered by our office that the public sees.
0: Yeah. Super important work that I think oftentimes flies under the radar, but vital to carrying on our daily lives here in Missoula County. So you mentioned taxes Mm -hmm. and tax bills went out on October 30th. Is that?
2: Uh, That is correct. Okay.
0: So, when folks take a look at those, there's there's going to be a lot of detail that's displayed on the tax bill. Could you talk a little bit about the breakdown of different funds and, and also taxing jurisdictions? Because I, th- I think there's oftentimes confusion since the tax bill is coming from Missoula County, therefore, in some folks' minds, That is all going towards Missoula County government, and that's not the case. So just talk about that tax bill a little bit, Tyler.
2: For sure, and I think a lot of people are surprised by just the sheer number of things on your tax bill. Um, So you'll notice that there's, of course, when you get your tax bill, there's going to be two coupons on the top of it for your first and second half. Um, What we're talking about here is the general tax detail, and so there's a box underneath that that says general tax detail. Um, That's going to list out the taxes for your big tax jurisdictions, which is the city of Missoula, if you live within the city, is gonna be listed on there first. Second is gonna be um, the county of Missoula, unless of course you live outside the city, in which case the county will be first. The county we, we break, um, we're statutorily in a lot of instances required to break out the taxes into different funds. And so there's a lot more detail listed um, in the county's general taxing jurisdiction than there is in the city's, which is just listed as a general fund. Next is going to be your local schools. And that's what you would think of as your local elementary district and the high school district for, for the county. And then, um, then you're going to see special districts. These are the special districts. This is where it gets a little confusing for some folks because there's some special districts that will, also, that will appear in the special assessments box, which I'll get to in a second. But um, these are the special districts that are calculated based on the market value of your property. And so these ones are based on what we'd call a mill levy. And the mill levy is just essentially the tax that gets applied to your taxable value, which is derived from your market value. Um, other special assessments are derived through a different formula, and so that's why they get put in a different box. Typically speaking, those are going to be things, the special districts are things like the Missoula Urban Tr- uh, Transportation District is a good example. So that funds Mountain Line, and um, those are based on property values. Next up is the state school, and that is um, a combination of a couple of things, but primarily the um, equalization levy. Uh, Montana has a constitutional obligation to equally fund our schools, so that those that live in poorer areas don't get a subpar education as compared to those that live in wealthier areas. So this is one of the ways that Montana does that. There's also, of course, the um, university levies, um, the two mil levy that we vote on every ten years is in there. Um, so these are the things that go um, to a statewide school formula. The next thing um, that you'll see on there, and actually I should, um, I guess I should point out too, there's something new on the tax bills this year, which we haven't done in the past, but this year um, we marked out the levies that are that have a voted contingency. So if um, voters voted for a portion of those taxes, it'll show on the levy itself. It'll say voted to it in parentheses next to the end of the, the description. And then there's also a, an asterisk system that shows you if those are new mill levies that have just been voted in, if they were voted to increase a little mill levy that was previously submitted to electors, and then if um, you voted to exceed the mill, mill levy limit, which you're allowed to do under Montana law. So um, those, those asterisks are only for the last election cycle, but um, for all of them, it'll show whether it's voted. So then the next part that you get to is these special assessments, and these are where it gets a little more confusing, primarily because these can be a whole different range of things so for instance there's a city road district there's a city park district um, they derive their taxable or the, the taxes derived from a totally different formula so for instance the road district is um, in large part based on your square square footage of road frontage um, if you have a lot of road frontage you're going to pay more in the tax and if you have less road frontage Then there's other ones like the water quality district, which is based in part on your water usage and your sewer usage. And they sort of generalize those for the size of your building for a lot of them. But if you're somebody who is using a whole lot of water, you're going to pay more in the water quality district. But then there's also some that are like the open space. Those are actually based on values, but there's certain types of property that don't pay that. For instance, agricultural property and forest property don't pay open space taxes because they're already open space. So that's why those get put in that second box of special assessments. And so um, I don't know that there's a real sort of good way to summarize all of the different taxing jurisdictions, but those are, those are sort of a very, I call it a 50,000 foot overview of the different taxing jurisdictions.
0: Yeah, that's, that's super helpful. One thing you mentioned earlier is first and second half Mm -hmm. and Someone might initially wonder, first and second half of what? So uh, how, how does the actual tax payment that folks will, will be making right now map against the calendar or fiscal years? How does that all work?
2: It's So it's super confusing, um, and even people who do this a lot tend to get confused by it, but it is actually broken out by the calendar year. And so the first half taxes actually cover the period for January 1st of a tax year through June 30th of, of a tax year. But all of our taxes are billed in arrears, so you're going to get a bill, um, you know, in the next couple of days, really. And the first half payment is due at the end of November, and that covers the period from January 1st, 2021 to June 30th of 2021. Then at the end of May in 2022, you're going to have that second half is due. Well, that payment that you're making in May of 2022 actually covers the period from July 1st of 2021 to December 31st of 2021. And so all of these are based off of um, the proper how the property was as of January 1st, 2021. So if you're building a new house, you don't actually pay the taxes on that house until you know that January 1st, 2021 date, because that's when they assess the value. Um, it also means that if you have a subdivision or anything like that, they do it based off of when, what the property looked like on that date, January 1st, 2021
1: got it this is impressive um so these special districts and the school districts um how does the department of revenue reappraisal impact them
2: so again because the special districts um can be assessed differently they can be based off of square footage or road frontage or water usage there's a whole different um whole bunch of different things they can be based off of it can affect them differently than it affects um, your general taxes and your schools. For instance, your schools are based off of a mill levy, but it's kind of a weird backed in formula. And then your city and County are based all off mill levies. So um, the reappraisal really affects your city and County taxes. It naturally affects your school taxes because um, the higher your market value, the bigger your share of those taxes. It depending on the special district itself can affect um, the taxes for that special district less um, and a good example of that is the Water Quality District. It it doesn't really change. I mean, sometimes it'll go up a little bit, but it doesn't change based on your market value at all. That's going to be a tax that remains pretty consistent year over year.
1: And how does um, – I mean, is there a, other roles that your your office plays in these procedures or – It's,
2: it's, um, we get a lot of questions about it. And so we try to act as a sort of clearinghouse of information, but ultimately speaking, the, the reappraisal is going to be something that the department of revenue does. And they're the, they're the entity that is constitutionally actually obligated to do these reappraisals and they do them every two years. Um, so that is a change from how it used to be. It used to be once every six years. And then those values were phased in over time, um, for, I would say for better or worse, but I think most people would agree probably for worse. Um, After the downturn in, you know, 2008, 2009, a lot of folks recognized that it was not a very fair system because they had just gone through a reappraisal. They were at the peak of their values and then there was a big market crash. And by the time there was going to be another reappraisal, the market had mostly recovered. And so all of those values that had gone down, that never really got captured in your taxes. So um, a group of folks went to the legislature to get them to change it to be every two years to reflect a more consistent approach to the market, saying we want we want it to reflect the downs as well as the ups instead of just the downs, um, or instead of just the ups. Uh, unfortunately, of course, since that time, that was in 2015, our market has done nothing but skyrocket. And so we haven't really seen the the down, which, you know, is a good thing for most people that you don't want your house to lose value. But... In terms of your taxes, of course, that means your taxes have just gone up and they've gone up at a higher rate, I would say, um, in terms of the market value has gone up much higher than it had in the last six years.
0: So do you you think that it's time to reevaluate, I guess, legislatively uh, whether the reappraisal cycle should be every two years or something longer?
2: You know... From a personal standpoint, I think the phased-in values made it easier for people because you could, uh, you could sort of plan out your taxes easier. You knew what it was going to be. From, from my standpoint of actually explaining taxes, it, the two-year reappraisal cycle is really wonderful um, because there was a, f- a fairly complicated formula before where it was you got your appraisal, it was phased-in over six years, but there was a homestead exemption that was also calculated. There were a number of exemptions, actually, that were calculated into that and so trying to explain to somebody how your market value turns into your taxable value became sort of a nightmare, but at the same time it made for it made for a steadier rise in your tax bill as opposed to, you know, a lot of folks today are seeing a $1,000 increase, and some folks are, you know, there are, I say this every time there's a reappraisal cycle, there are people whose who's property lost value who actually are seeing lower taxes today than they did a year ago. And so... The, the six year appraisal cycle phases that in for both the ups and the downs for folks.
0: So talk to us a little bit more about that because typically I've heard from or experienced personally uh, just an upward trend in in appraisals. But it sounds like are there actually places in Missoula County that saw a drop in the appraised value of their property? So
2: there are definitely <laughs> there are there are definitely places that have seen a drop in the value. They aren't there aren't a lot of them. Um, I don't mean to say that there's a lot of them out there, but there are definitely some that have, um, I know of one in particular that was um, by East Missoula and they, their property actually did go down in value. Um, And I couldn't tell you why, but it did.
0: Well, I I guess speaking of, of, of the possibility of one's appraised value going down in value Maybe describe the process by which if, if, if you got your um, appraisal notice from the Department of Revenue and as as you were reading the fine print notice that, huh, it looks like they have me down for two bathrooms and I only have one or it has me down for a half a um, um, uh, basement and actually I've got um, or it has me down for a full basement and actually I just have half a basement how what's the process to adjudicate those discrepancies or those variations
2: that that is an excellent question and I'm going to actually hit on another point too um, that I think you maybe inadvertently made but um, it's super important when you get those reappraisal notices you have 30 day I mean it's past the time now for this last reappraisal cycle um, but you only have 30 days to to what they say, protest that, which generally speaking means filing this form called an AB26, which is an informal request for reappraisal. If you don't do it within that 30-day period, you can continue to do it, but it's not going to affect that tax year. So you basically miss out on one full year if there was a mistake in your value. A lot of folks tend to think that they can come into our office and pay their taxes under protest once they've gotten their bill. And you'll probably see a whole lot of people on Facebook saying, pay your taxes under protest. You know, don't Don't just pay them. Pay them under protest. That doesn't do, it really does almost nothing for you unless you filed that AB 26.
1: How difficult is it to get that form or find that form?
2: The form is really easy. It's online. Um, You can actually fill it out online too. You have the option to either print it or just submit it directly online. And it's, I mean, it really is a quite simple form.
1: And for folks who are challenged?
2: Um, I mean, honestly, my best, my best advice is to type in Montana department of revenue and then go to their property tax section. Um, you'll see it in there and it's, there's going to be a file of property tax appeal, um, or a pro um, actually it'll be called an appeal.
1: Can Uh, they also call your office? They can absolutely call our (laughs)
2: office. They can also call the department of revenue. There's, there's many different avenues and all of them will lead you back to the same place, but we can all get, make sure that you get there. Um, and then, you know, you can also, quite, quite honestly, aside from calling our office too, you can also just do a search for that AB 26. And AB-26 is only going to bring up one thing because that's an odd, odd Google search. But um, sort of back to Dave's original point, um, if you find w- what you want to do is you're going to want to go to the Montana Cadastral or you can call the Department of Revenue. Um, and if you need the Department of Revenue's phone number, it's 329-1400 in Missoula. Um, If you call that number, you can get your property record, and that's going to show you what they have for your property, whether it has three-bedroom, two-baths. It'll have the condition of your property, if it has a shed. Any of those things, you want to check that against your actual property, and if there's something wrong, you want to file that AB26 because that AB26 is going to send an appraiser out to your house to inspect it, and if they find that, say, They have you listed for four bedrooms and three bathrooms, and you're really a one-bedroom, one-bathroom house. Um, They'll adjust the property record, and then you can request a refund for the last five years of taxes that you paid in error.
0: That's that's super helpful, and I I get from time to time, even this afternoon, a question about this very thing. So Mm -hmm. uh, I bet there are folks out there who are not aware that that uh, there might be this misalignment between what they're being taxed at and uh, and the actual description or the actual what's on the ground at their property. So
2: it's a pretty frequent. And the other thing I will say is um, occasionally you're going to get a, a property tax appraisal. Someone from the state coming to your house to look at your property. Um, it doesn't happen all that often, but I can attest that I've had it happen personally. Um, if you don't let them into your house, then you're not eligible for that refund. So. Uh, obviously, if you're not home, that doesn't count. But if they come to your door and say, hey, we'd like to inspect your property, and you say, no, I'm not going to let you in, then if they find an error later on, then you don't get that refund. And the theory being, of course, if you would have let them in to inspect, then they wouldn't have made the error.
0: Is there any way, uh, it just occurred to me, any way to know whether uh, this is a a legit person who's coming to inspect? uh, Because I suspect if someone just knocked on my door and said, I'm uh, with Department of Revenue here to inspect, uh, look through your home, I, I may or may not be suspect.
2: They'll show you their business card that has um, their name and says Department of Revenue on it. But of course, that could easily be replicated. So,
0: But um, presumably, if, if you've asked for the uh, reappraisal, yeah. that would be an indicator that if someone shows up shortly thereafter, that this is the real thing.
2: Absolutely. And you you always have a right to, um, you can ask them to reschedule the appraisal too. So if it's somebody, if someone comes to your door and you say, I would like somebody here, I just don't trust, you can always say, you can always refuse it then and call the office um, with the number that I just gave out, the 329-1400, and request somebody come for the reappraisal.
1: Great. Great yeah well um, what's the best way for folks to pay their taxes
2: uh, well that that is an easy answer the best way is to pay online um, so if you pay online you have two options you can pay with a credit card there are service fees associated with that and that's just because we get charged um, credit card processing fees and so um, I, I am not going to necessarily say you should pay with credit card but there's an electronic check option as well which is basically going to be the same thing as if we, you were to mail a check to us. We're gonna, It's going to get processed virtually the same way, um, and that, that portion has no fee. So if you pay via electronic check, there's no fee. You can immediately get a receipt and print it off, and so you've got confirmation that you paid your taxes, um, and it will happen immediately. So that's the best way to do it. Um, the alternative to that obviously is you can either come into our office or you can just pay um, through the mail if you do mail in a check you want to include the coupon like I said it's a detachable thing it comes with um, the your tax bill will come with remittance envelopes so you just take off that first half coupon put it in with a check into the remittance envelope that comes with that um, and mail it in we go by the postmark date so if you mail it on November 30th we will count the payment as timely um, as of November 30th, even if we don't get it until December 5th.
0: Well, there is an awful lot more that we could talk about. Your office does so many uh, important and really cool things. We could talk a a bunch about mapping. Uh, You've got a a very interesting mapping project countywide underway. Uh, Other processes and and core services that you deliver. Uh, So we'll definitely need to get you back. But in terms of the the tax issue, anything else that you would really like folks to know about uh, uh, all things taxes in, in Missoula County?
2: Uh, I mean, the only thing I can say is, I know, I know a lot of folks feel the strain and the stress of the taxes, and I certainly can understand and relate to that. I think it's also important to recognize what the taxes are paying for, because there's a lot of very fundamental public services that these taxes go to pay for. Um, a big portion of it, over 30% in every instance, and in most cases, closer to 40%, goes to local schools. And so local schools make up a huge part of that, and I think, obviously, education is a big part of what our community values. So... I recognize this is a pretty big burden on a lot of folks, um, but there's also a pretty big benefits.
0: And at least a portion of your tax bill is from voter approved uh, levies or or bonds uh, to further what so many folks in Missoula County value. And, and so it's not simply uh, it's not simply the the governing body arbitrarily and capriciously uh, uh, laying down the, the tax levies, but many folks in Missoula County have voted to tax themselves.
2: I you know I know th- there's a saying that your budget reflects your values. I think your tax bill also generally reflects our community's values, um, and you get to see that a, a little bit clearer this year. Um, I'm glad we were able to put on the voted levies part because I do, I do think that helps
1: Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on over here and um, hope to have you back again.
2: Yeah. Thanks, commissioners. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler.